Miami was taking on the best offense in the NBA. It looked shell-shocked early on, but Jimmy Butler led a comeback performance that was out of this world, 36 points, but it was well-rounded effort for multiple players as the Heat found their rhythm and controlled the pace, beating Indiana with their highest-scoring game of the season. Who stepped up? What was the difference in the second half? We'll break it all down in today's episode of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg. Joining me as always is David Rommel. However, you're tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Locked On NBA. For $20 off your first purchase. Recording this from Kaseya Center after the Heat had their highest scoring game of the season. They beat the Pacers 142 to 132. They came back from 13 points down. More impressively, came back after trailing for three plus quarters in this game before taking their first lead of the night at the start of the fourth quarter. Uh, Jimmy Butler was on the bench for that portion, although he had a big third quarter. And then the Heat took off from there. Um, we talk about quality wins a lot in college football. Sure. Like that's a quality win, and that matters uh, the way that other teams and other, and I guess the, the the rest of the league views you. This to me was a very much a quality win for the Miami Heat over a very fast, a very challenging Pacers team that's very good. What was your takeaway from the game? I think it might have been their best win of the season, and it took a complete and total effort from this group, considering they lost Bam Adebayo midway through the second quarter too. So he was struggling a little bit, and maybe he had some lingering. Hip issues, but I think they continued to mount throughout the game. He was yeah. having a tough time with Miles Turner defensively, and I think that really was challenging him to a big degree. And then he had to step out. But then everybody just found a way to contribute. Jimmy Butler leading the way, kind of inspira- inspiring everybody else. But they got great performances from Jaime, from Josh Richardson, from Kevin Love. We'll talk about those in the next segment. But I think it's a great point as far as a quality win. I still think it was their best one because it was such a total effort having to come back. They were struggling the same way they did against the Bucks just a couple nights ago in the first quarter and then had to find their way to claw back into it. And Indiana, such a tough offensive team to defend, they kept finding ways to kind of get these shots off. Tyrese Halliburton with a career-high 44 points. He was, he was ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely unstoppable. Shooting from 30 feet out with ease. You can't defend that. They had multiple defenders. Caleb Martin, Josh Richardson, Haywood Heisman all trying their chances. Jimmy Butler being a little bit yeah. more physical, I think, had a real tough impact there on Halliburton's offense. Again, 44 points. Nobody was really slowing him down, but Miami collectively finding a way, scrapping together, ending a three-game losing streak, and, and finding a way to, to beat a really good Indiana team. A couple of reasons why the Heat were able to turn this game. Um, number one, they figured out what they wanted to do. In the second quarter, it felt like they almost conceded. the. Fa- we, we, You and I were talking before this game. I'll backtrack a little bit. You and I were talking before this game, and something I said to you is, I think this game is going to be decided in the first five minutes. Because we're gonna, a tone is gonna get set. Like it's one right. of those. It's not just a clash of teams. This is a clash of styles. You have sure. Miami, the fourth slowest pace in the, in the league. Indiana, breakneck top pace in the league. And I was like, whichever one kind of takes hold first, whichever style takes hold first, yeah. is probably going to be the style of the winning team. And I thought, and I, it, my prediction was looking pretty right for <laughs> for most of this game. A Thirteen uh, point lead and early in the first quarter. And in in that second quarter, it felt like Miami almost conceded it. They played high, at High Smith at the five. They took all their centers off the floor. Bam, obviously, had gone to the locker room at that point already. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's a little interesting that they're going to try to play this way. And then they came out in the second half. They started Thomas Bryant to start the second half. It was him. It was Kevin Love. Orlando Robinson got a few minutes with Bam out. 
uh, and they went back to going big, but they went purposely back to getting in the post. They started playing out uh, uh, out of Jimmy Butler in the post there. They, they got it to him on like the first four or five possessions, just right there, post up, post up, post up, kept feeding him. Jaime Hawkes, beginning of the fourth quarter, same thing, get it to him. And then they really just took advantage. They, they played fast, but they played physical. And so it was sort of a, a weird kind of merge, merge of yeah. both of these an styles, amalgam, right? Yeah. An amalgamation of these two styles where they were playing fast, but they got three different Indiana Pacers to foul out in this game. They just kept getting to the line, forcing them to hack, forcing them to foul. So they found a very physical way to play this game. And I thought that was the first part of the tipping point. The second part of the tipping point, and I hate to bring, I hate to kind of just narrow it down to make or miss, but the, the Pacers, after shooting the lights out from three-point range in the first half, went four of 27 from three-point range in the second half. They missed a bunch of open ones. Um, but again, you credit Miami because they weren't reliant on just the three-point shot, right? They found other ways to get into the uh, to, to score, mostly by getting into the paint, and Indiana just couldn't do that. Yeah, uh, uh, Jaime Hackett spoke after the game saying that it was on one of the scouting reports that their defense in the painted area is pretty t- – uh, well, It's not good. It's not good. So they knew it was a conceding point that they were wanted to make sure that they attacked the paint early on, and they did that. And I think it was – it's a good call out as far as the amalgam of different styles because it was – Fast pace, but also kind of slowing in times, you know, and just finding a way to use that physicality against a really bad defense. As good as Indiana is offensively, they do struggle defensively. That so was Miami. my uh, that that's my sort of second take here. Yeah, the Pacers are an elite offense. They're breaking records. They are an absolutely elite offense. Their biggest problem is that they make every other team they play also an elite offense. Yes, Miami's uh-huh. offensive rating for the season prior to tonight was 112.7, bottom like six or seven in the end, or bottom 10 in the NBA at this point. Their Heat's offensive rating tonight, I'm going to repeat the first one, 112.7 for the season. Tonight, their offensive rating was 135.2. That's a bananas number. That's insane. That, so and they the play that, again on Saturday, too. So there's a good chance that Miami would wind up with a top 10 offense after playing the Indiana Pacers might, twice. They might. It's absolutely crazy. Shots to the rim. Miami took 24 of them. They got to the basket more than ever. They didn't have nearly as many long mid-range shots, only three mid-range, long mid-range shots tonight, according to Cleaning the Glass. They did get some of those short mid-range shots off. They didn't put up a ton of threes, just 23-pointers in general, because they didn't have to. They just kept getting to the basket over and over, and then more importantly, they kept getting to the foul line over and over, spe- uh, specifically Jimmy we're Butler. Kinda, we're kind of, yeah, good segue there, because I was going to say, J- yeah. uh, Jimmy Butler deserves, I think he is the biggest story, not just the changing of the styles, the adaptation, finding a way to impose his physicality, but also just really understanding, okay, this is what they're doing defensively. I'm going to find a right. way to exploit every one of these opportunities, and he did. He shot 20 free throws tonight. Unbelievable performance from him. But he also went 8 of 16 overall from the field. Nine, I'm sorry, 9 of 18 from the floor. So 50% from the floor, but also finding ways to say, you know what, you're going to get, you're going to try to use what limited physicality you have to try and stop me. I'm going to use my more powerful physicality to find my yeah. way to the free throw line. And he did so again and again. You could see him kind of jawing at, I'm not jawing, talking, chatting perhaps at Tyrese Halliburton. Chirping. I think I think he might have been telling him, you know what, I'm going to get to the line. You ain't no way you're going to stop me. Because then on the same possession right after that, he did draw a foul and he was able to get to the line and he points to his head. And talking to Tyrese Halliburton, he's pointing to his head it. like he's just telling him, you can't stop me. He's, I'm going to do what I have to do to get to the line, and it certainly worked tonight. He set the tone in the second half early, 16 points for him in the third quarter, 8 for 10 from the three, uh, free throw line uh, in that third quarter. And that, like I said, set the tone. You mentioned that this was their best win of the season, and I, I think I agree with you on that. 
Can I also say this was the most entertaining, fun Heat game of the season? Well, this was a blast. And I understand. I love watching the Indian Pacers on League Pass. They're one of my top five League sure. Pass teams. I love everything about Tyrese Halliburton. I can watch him play basketball every night of the week. The fact that we got a huge Halliburton game and a Miami Heat win mm-hmm. and Jimmy Butler doing that. Without and the fact Bam. that Miami was able to play at that pace. And it, I never thought in my life I would see a Heat team with Jimmy Butler score 142 points. <laughs> And it happened not in regulation, yeah. and it happened. This wasn't quite that Pacers Hawks game from a couple weeks back right. that broke all the records. Three hundred seven, yeah, yeah. yeah three hundred seven total points or something like that yeah. combined. But this was pretty close, David. Like this was really close, and it was so much fun. I don't expect this to happen every every night for Miami, but you mentioned this already. But the fact that this team plays the Pacers again on Saturday, I am so excited because the it, the chances of it being closer to this versus like 100 to 97 oh it's yeah. going to be more like this no yeah I, I think the most recent Pacers game that I saw against the Portland Trailblazers was the only one where they really kind of slowed that pace down and aside from that it's more akin to like the 130s 140 type performances so I don't know if Miami can sustain this because they got some great shooting tonight they were actually they able to do they struggled 38 percent from 38 percent but almost 57 percent from the field in total uh and again the free throw disparity was pretty huge there but it wasn't like as if Indiana was like times. like that, those shots. The basket was just so open the entire night. The second chance points also uh, played a big part. It was 22 second chance points for Miami. The Pacers uh, allow the most second chance points in the league. So those opportunities are going to be there. The Pacers are a very fun team, yes. but they're not a championship contender for this reason. And by the way, the Pacers would be the first people to tell you that. They, Rick Carlisle before the game talking about like, hey, we're not complete. We have a lot of holes on this team. They have an identity. And it's really cool that they're able to kind of set the tone and kind of put their identity, put their stamp on every game that they play. But even cooler that the Heat were able to match that and almost beat the Pacers at their own game. Credit Cookies is next. You know we're going to give a bunch to Jimmy Butler. Who else? The rookie? Third best rookie in the league? Getting some Credit Cookies here? Absolutely. Coming up after this. Absolutely. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, it's warming up a little bit. But still, the NFL offers stay hot over at FanDuel. New customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, this is the time to do so. There's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options from spreads to player props, over-unders, and more. Go visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL and the NBA season. That's FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Welcome back to Locked On Heat. Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. We shouted this out yesterday. We're going to do it again. Thanks to everybody who shared their Spotify wrapped with us in the last couple of days. If you have Locked On Heat as one of your top podcasts that you listen to on Spotify, please let us know. Share a screenshot of your Spotify wrapped with us on Twitter or on Instagram. We'd love to connect and celebrate Absolutely. with you. Um, it is time for the tastiest segment in Locked On Heat. It's time to hand out some while. credit cookies. Do we have like... Star Wars night space dust cookies that other sure, cookies in Star Wars space dust could mean lots of different things out there, but why not? It's something you put it on a cookie. Sure, I'll take it. This, this this game was on a little bit of space Should dust. It, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Star Wars night here at the arena, and it was a crazy game. I just we cannot 
I personally can't shake it. Like, I mean, I was looking at you during the game and just, I have no idea what's happening sometimes because this is just, it changed so completely from the way it started off and Indiana's fast pace and Miami somehow able to adjust. Mm-hmm. I did not think that they were capable of this kind of offensive input, but we start off our credit cookies with Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Like he is the story of the game. Just again, uh, controlling the pace, slowing things down, un- unstoppable. Uh, just can't do it the same way offensively as Tyrese can, but that doesn't mean that it's no less effective. And in fact, it led to a win. So to me, I think Jimmy gets three cookies. Um, the fact that he was able to draw the fouls that he oh. did, it the pace, it was it was a very fast paced game. Um, but the way that pace is measured doesn't really take into account the free throw stoppages, right? Yeah. Like at, at the foul line and stuff. So the fact that Jimmy Butler was able to get, it wasn't just him. But it almost well, it was like him and Jaime together getting three different Indiana Pacers players to foul out. It was Nemhard, yeah. it was uh, Naismith, and who was the last one to foul out here? Buddy Healed. Buddy Healed, yeah. Um, they were just they they got them putting their hands in the cookie jar over and over again. They would just get to the get to the basket, and then they would just hack them, or would have just try to get physical with them too late uh, by the time the shot was up. Whatever. The point being is that. They were able to play that pace, but also slow the game down at the same time because they were able to get to the free throw line. And Jimmy Butler specifically was able to get to the free throw line. I think you already said this, but what was he? 18 of 20 for the free throw line. So I think that's what helped Miami kind of wrestle control back from this game because the whole game, it kind of felt like, like they were just like repairing a dam over and over and over again. And they would kind of climb back. It was 13 points and they climbed back to five or six. And then the levy would break again. And then the Pacers would come flooding with the pace and then just kind of go back up uh, in terms of the scoring margin. And then, and it just kept like, I'm like, this isn't going to ever happen for Miami. Right. It just felt like that. No, and then finally they were able to punch all the, they were able to like basically cover all the holes was, in the dam I think with free throws. I think it was Jimmy and Jaime using their physicality similarly. I think Eric Spolstra spoke after the game, was asked about the comparison between Jimmy and Jaime. And it's you see it on a night like tonight that they are able to do so many things similarly and so well together, using their physicality to kind of just say, you know what, the speed, the decision-making, the passing that can kind of uh, lead to an open perimeter shot or maybe a secondary action or something along those lines. Their game styles are so similar, but the physicality, that's where they fouled those guys out because they just kept attacking yeah. the paint, using their speed, using their size and strength, and saying, you know what? If you're going to try and, and defend me, I'm going to force you into fouling me, and it led to so many free throws for both of them. How many cookies for Jaime? Jaime, I think, should get two. Yeah. Uh, I, just because there's so many other players that contributed in their own small way. But we can't say enough about Jaime's performance. I, I, again, in the fourth quarter, there was one particular play that I can't remember exactly. It was drawing an ant and one on somebody. And it was just the way he did it, it, the polish with which this rookie plays. He is not a rookie. And at some point, people are going to start recognizing that he is just a really damn good basketball player, regardless of his age or his pedigree or his draft selection or anything like that, because he is so impactful and he changes the game in so many ways. I think Spo said that he was inspired by Jimmy's performance in the third quarter, but he took it himself to another yeah. direction, able to carry that on. There's no drop-off. Like <laughs> Caleb was fantastic last year, but he's not Jimmy Butler, and so often they had to share the floor right. at the same time because they were still working their issues through as far as the rotation is concerned. With Jaime, you basically have a Jimmy light that you can plug and play yeah. and plays – so effectively they do very similar things right yes. when i talked about hey they just they wanted to take control of the game so what did they do to open up the third quarter they just kept giving it to jimmy in the post well what happened when jimmy was on the on the bench to start the fourth quarter right. they just started feeding jaime in the post 
Jaime had 10 points in the first four minutes of the fourth quarter. His basket was the one that gave the Heat their first lead of the game. Right. They did not trail after that. Uh, you mentioned, like, he is a rookie, but he doesn't play like a rookie. I know that's what you're saying. No, basically. And, and we mentioned this before. Like, he's he's so similar to, like, Chet Holmgren for Oklahoma City right now. It's that, like, oh, these guys are just good players, period. Yes. Not just Like, they're not good players for rookies. They're just good players now. Chet is, like... He could be an all-star in the Western Conference. I don't think Jaime is going to be in the all-star oh, here, yeah. but like it's just they're making impacts for winning teams. Yes. And it is so surprising to see that from rookie. I went back to last year and I was like, did anybody like the thing with Chet and Jaime is they both have positive plus minuses for their teams playing over 25 minutes per game for teams in the playoffs, contending teams, both the Thunder and the Heat. Right. I look back at last year, not a single player who scored who played more than 25 minutes had a positive plus minus, including Paolo Bencaro and all these guys. The only one was Keegan Murray, who mm. plays a very small role in Sacramento. He's a good player in, right, in his rookie year. And, uh, but he was only like a plus point two, which Jaime and Chet are both above that. Like what they are doing, yeah. and what and, and we'll, we'll keep it local here, what Jaime is doing, and the only reason I include Chet in this, is it's so rare, yeah, and we're having it rookies, happen twice Yeah, right you don't now. see rookies – having winning impacts on winning teams. Most of the Ever. time, a good rookie is on a very bad team that's still struggling to find an identity. Right. Good point. Yeah. Not the case in Miami, obviously. They're still a contending team. They're still a playoff team. And they get just throw Jaime in there, and somehow he's able to figure out his way to continue that positive impact. Uh, let's move on here. Yeah. We could talk another whole episode, which we, we did recently. Just, literally just a whole just episode on Jaime. So, if you need more Jaime talk, check out the Jaime episode we did yesterday. Yeah, I want to talk about Kevin Love a little bit. Uh, Eric Spolstra saying what an impact he had, and I yeah. think he really did. After Bam goes down, there's this center by committee thing where they brought in Orlando Highsmith, Thomas Bryant. You mentioned that. And then they found something after Bryant had started the third quarter. They brought Love in there, and he spoke about the chemistry with Jimmy, and you could see it right away. He was really able to use his physicality. did a great job rebounding, outlet passes, the sharp passing, and getting some opportunistic scoring opportunities. <laughs> opportunity. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think Kevin Love did a really good job of kind of helping Miami find their rhythm again and, and he was just a really effective player team high six assists he did <laughs> that in 17 and a half unbelievable minutes this was also a game that kevin love could have gotten played off the floor yes he's old yes. he's slow he could have very easily gotten played off the floor but he kept up with the pace with the ball right everybody says the ball moves faster than any player on the court and kevin love was like i hear that and i'll do that Right. And so he like you mentioned, the outlet passes and all these things The just feeding Jimmy Butler and Jaime Hawkins in the yes. post. Jimmy, Jimmy or Jaime would get like a deep seal by the basket and Kevin Love would just go right over the top. He's so accurate with those passes. He's probably the best on the team at that specific pass probably. because he's got the height that Kyle Lowry yes. doesn't have. Yes. So um, see over the defense. So he was he was incredible. He deserves a cookie. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Lowry, I think, also gets a cookie from me. Yes. I, I think he did a really good job. A really nice At game. one point, he was Miami's leading scorer before Jimmy erupted in the third mm -hmm. quarter. Uh, and he was doing a great job. Again, just finding ways to, to keep Miami, to help them tread water. He finished the game with he had the 15 points, 6 of 7, 3 of 6 from the uh, three-point range. Really good overall. He had the first game. eight points of the second half, yeah, which cut point. the deficit uh, to six. It was right. two three-pointers. And that little turnaround jumper that he likes in the lane that'll get yes. to every other night. Yes, over a taller player. It was a really good shot. I mean, he was just a really solid yep. overall performance from Kyle. Uh, let's see. We got uh, Duncan Robinson. He provided a nice part later on, too. So I think he, he should definitely get a cookie. Uh, and that's pretty much it. One for Kyle. One for Caleb. One for Josh Duncan. Richardson. Oh, Josh and Richardson. And then one for Josh. Uh, Josh Richardson, 19 points, 8 of 11 overall, 4 rebounds, 3 assists. I thought... He was better. tremendous as a passer. He had yes. two really great passes 
in the fourth quarter that got Miami that lead. It one led to a Duncan Robinson three pointer. The other one led to the Jaime Hawkes basket, the lob that ended up giving Miami yes, the lead there. That's right. That lob was the play of the game. If you had to pick one highlight, and it'd be tough out of out of a game where they scored 142 I, points, but. If I had to pick one, that would probably be it. I liked his off-ball defense on Tyrese also. I think he, he was, was almost doing, face guarding him in the first half. Yeah, he was doing a pretty good job, I think, eventually of trying to find – look, again, Halliburton, sensational performance from him. You can't really stop him. But I think Josh made him work for a lot of that. And and I think just using his length and speed to kind of try and stay with him and challenge him, he progressed as the game went on and he got better at it, finding a way to kind of keep the pace alongside Tyrese, and it really paid off tonight. Miami needed everybody to step up. Especially with Bam Adebayo out, yes. we do have some news on Bam Adebayo, and it might not be the best. We'll tell you what it is after this. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next event because Game Time is the fast and the easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. You just want to get your tickets. You don't want to have a hassle. You don't have to worry about anything. Well, that's why Game Time's got you covered. They take all the guesswork out of buying tickets from last-minute tickets, flash deals, whatever you might be looking for, the best prices available. You'll find them only on Game Time. You can view seats from any venue that you're going to select so they you know exactly where you're going to be sitting so there's no obstruction or anything like that. You know exactly what you're going to get, and you can get it really easy. Just a few taps with Game Time app and you can get it right away so download the game time app create an account and use the code lockdown nba you get 20 dollars off your first purchase now terms do apply but you can create an account redeem the code l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n-n-b-a that's lockdown nba and you get 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you are subscribed on YouTube. Hit the like button if you're watching on YouTube. Follow us on your favorite podcast app as well. Bam Adebayo leaves this game halfway through the second quarter, goes right to the locker room, does not come back. Originally, it was ruled that he would come back. He left with a hip injury that's been bothering him all season long. It's a left hip contusion. It's what it's officially listed as. He's missed three games already this season because of it. Yeah. It's bothering him again in the second quarter like it was bothering him in the fourth quarter of that Knicks game last week. Which Eric um, Spolstra said so. He said he yeah. saw us bam in the locker room getting some work done at halftime. And he said, you're moving around like the fourth quarter of the Knicks game specifically. Yeah. And he said, you know what? I'm making the decision. I'm taking it out of your hands. Which was interesting because the Heat, even their Twitter, official Twitter account said that Bam Adebayo is dealing with a left That's hip contusion and that he can return to the game. And I think Eric Spolstra said, uh-uh. Because Bam was <laughs> going to try to play through it. And, and, and Spo, like you said, just took it into his own hands. He's like, you're not playing. It's he Basically, it's November. We're not doing this. Right. Not in November. Um, so look, I think it was a good move. I do wonder long-term like this, if this hip injury is this bad in November and it's lingering in a way that is affecting his performance, even when he's available, right? It's sidelining him now for three and a half games. Um, we'll see if he plays Saturday against the Pacers. We don't really have an update on that. I think that's one of these things that the heater just monitoring, right? To figure yeah. out whether or not, cause every time Bam has missed a game, it's kind of been a little bit of a late scratch like the morning of or the night before we kind of find out that he's questionable and might not play um, when it's bothering him the most. So I don't know what they can do. Uh, I don't know. You know, it's a contusion, which is basically a bruise. I don't know if it's a bone bruise. I don't know if it's a muscle thing, but um, it's, it's, I'm starting to get a little concerned if this thing doesn't go away, if it's impacting his performance on the court once a week or so. Yeah. I, I think it's a legitimate concern because you don't want it to crop up 
you know, sporadically throughout the regular season. If it's persistently, that's going to be the problem there is that it could take him out from a game here. You never know if you might need this win here. And all of a sudden, Bam has to exert himself the game before, might not be available for a crucial game. You know, you want to be able to build momentum off tonight's win. If he's not available on Saturday, that could become problematic. What do you mean? What does Miami do? against the Pacers. Let's assume he's not available on Saturday because mm-hmm. I don't think he'll play. I think I think it's probably in Miami's best, you know, I think it's better for them to kind of just sit him down and say, you know what, take the game off, see if you can continue to get better rather than forcing it and potentially re-aggravating it or making Especially it Especially in what is going to be an up-and-down game, you sure. know, with these, like, hip and lower body injuries. Like, that could be hard on the body. I don't know. Like, again, I don't know if it's one of those things where he needs rest or if it's just one of these things that are just there and he needs, like, you know, surgery. I don't know. I, 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 Nobody I'm sorry does. for even speculating on this, but I don't know if it's something that with rest, it gets better, but, um, well, I assume know, it is just because he's that, been sat down before. That's true. I mean, it, it, that that's fair. The one thing he does mention is that it, when he, when he bangs it or when a player runs into him on that, on that left side yeah. is when it starts to sort of be an issue again. And he's so like, check well, it happened against Milwaukee. He took a hard fall and they, and some, and somebody, yeah. one of the boards asked him about it. And he's like, no, it was not that side. So he's good. So like, he's very aware of when that side is affected. Um, maybe he does need to rest. I, I'd probably, you know, Saturday, I'd probably rest him. Maybe they go with uh, Thomas Bryant yes, to start the game, and then now. you bring Kevin Love off the bench. You continue to do that. But it's a good thing that Orlando Robinson is here just in case, because I yeah. think he does provide another. I, I liked his minute. You know, he didn't play much. But I, I think he was overall uh, effective. Uh, I know the numbers don't necessarily bear it out, but it was a you're from Miami's perspective. You're trying to find a way to overcome the loss of one of your best players in Bama to bio mid game. It's not easy to do. Credit Miami, Orlando Robinson, kind of help them taking Bama out. It did in this pace. Bama is also a slow, methodical player, and he's not necessarily like he could sprint the floor in transition but he's not doing it like jimmy like jimmy will run the floor like on the wing yeah and then just get his position under the basket right. seal off his defender and then lay it up bam is more like let me get the rebound and push the pace down the floor and then look to get others involved he's not necessarily doing like like that wide receiver jimmy butler thing mm-hmm. um and so look i'm not saying that the heat are better without bam out of bio. i don't want to do the tyler hero thing i don't want to do that no neither do but I. in this particular matchup in this game i think it might have it might have it, helped him. Jimmy Butler does like see when other guys are not with, like the Tyler Hero not being around kind of gives Jimmy Butler a boost. Bam Adebayo not being in this game kind of gave Jimmy Butler a boost as this game went on. So yeah. I think he takes it just to heart. And, and, says, and you know, Bam what, was struggling whether it was due to injury or the matchup yeah. with Miles Turner. I, I think. I mean, I think it was the injury. I think that was the whole. Point, I think that's right? part of it, but I also think there is a little bit of a personal issue there with Turner. I think you could see an extra level of an interest in wanting to attack Turner and challenge him. And more often than not, it wasn't and working he, out for him. Maybe because of the injury. him under the basket at one yes. point, and he just had no lift. He had no physicality, right. not like what we saw against Three of nine from the floor the for Bam, night. so we didn't talk about him really because he didn't play yeah. much. But it might have helped him to go small. And you take Turner out, and then you wind up being able to attack them differently, keep the pace a little bit. And, and the, Miami was just able to stay small but yeah. physical at the same time in order to defend Indiana a little bit more effectively in the second half. So we'll see what happens. I'm sure we'll have an update on Bam Adebayo's injury in the next couple of days. Um, the Heat play the Pacers again Saturday night at Kaseya Center. If you didn't come to this one, you might want to come to the one on Saturday night. How could you miss uh, Star Wars so night? Uh, that's true. How could you do it? Uh, you got to wait until next year now. Um, that'll do it for today. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on your podcast app. Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On. Plus, our national shows 
covering every league. So go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. 